You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. Thank you for listening today. I'm Kenny Ortiz coming at you from Orlando, Florida, and really, really just excited about the uh, the, the success of the podcast thus far. Man, for those of you who've been downloading regularly, I, I really am humbled that you guys would 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 listen to everything anything we have to say. And so, thank you for uh, for helping us out, downloading and listening, and all the reviews. And I'm really, really excited about today's episode. Uh, I've got someone on the line that I've been listening to his podcast quite a bit and just it's ministered to me uh, in, in a profound way. He's resonated with me from Arizona, uh, Mike Adams. Mike, how are you feeling today, man? Hey, Kenny. I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on today. This is, I've been looking forward to this. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Mike Adams, he is, uh, he's been a follower of Jesus for 45 years. He's been a pastor uh, for 20 plus years, for, for many years. He planted multiple churches. Uh, today, he focuses on blogging and uh, sharing uh, just the, the message that he's got to share with us today. Um, you can follow his podcast. It's Chief Sinner Podcast. I'd highly, highly encourage you to check that out. In fact, if you've been to our website, Theology for the Rest of Us, on our resources page, it's listed under one of my favorite podcasts. So you can go to the site, click on that. It'll take you directly over to his site. He also has a blog that you can connect to there, uh, chiefsinner.org. I think you guys really enjoy that. And so, Mike, thank you for sharing. Uh, you know, thank you for st- taking the time out to be with us today. And basically, I've got kind of one basic question for you that I think is going to be really valuable for our listeners, and that is this: kind of the idea of performance-based Christianity. When when you use that term, what is it, and why is it detrimental to our faith? Well, I kind of define you know performance-based Christianity as sanctification gone wild. You know, it's uh, we we really get off track. We really get off message you know, in the Christian life. I mean, I, I've been a believer for, you know, close to 45 years, and I, I've been a pastor for, you know, 20 plus years of that before I resigned. And, you know, I spent a lot of years in what I call performance-based Christianity. And performance-based Christianity is, it's really the belief that that what I do, the things that I do, and how well I perform as a Christian, uh, please God, in um, more than the work of the finished work of Christ on the cross. In other words, for me, performance-based Christianity is forgetting that it is finished and living as though it is mostly finished or it is partly finished. So good. And the, and you know, the, the, the rest is up to me. Performance-based Christianity is, it boils down, I guess, in its simplest uh, formula to we forget justification when we talk about sanctification. In other words, when we talk about justification, we're all about grace. When we talk about justification, we're all about the cross. We're all about the it is finished message of of Jesus' uh, sacrifice for our sin. But when we come into the idea of sanctification, we tend to leave justification at the door. And sanctification becomes ours. Sanctification becomes becomes something that we want to control. We want to um, gauge its 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 progress. This is ours. This is our part of the Christian life. Is what we erroneously think, and we tend to leave justification at the door. And for me, you know, I found that um, you know legalism comes in many different forms. There's there's a legalism of of don't 
do stuff, you know, don't do this, abstain from this. Make sure that as a Christian, you're, you know, you know, you're not, not going to smoke, chew, or go with girls who do. Um, but there's also, there's also a legalism of do. And that's kind of the legalism that I came out of, was a legalism of do, where we would say, well, you know, if you're a believer, you're going to look a certain way. If you're a believer, you're going to act a certain way. If you're a believer, um, you're going to say certain things a certain way. And so, you know, that, that kind of legalism is what I came out of. It's a, it's a belief that our, our sanctification, you know, our, our supposed progress in the Christian life is a movement away from dependence on Jesus and a movement toward independence from him. Now, I would have never said that. I would have never said that on, on paper, you know, I, doctrinally on paper, I, you know, I would have understood justification, I would have understood, you know, that, that I'm accepted based on the finished work of Christ alone, through faith alone, but in practice, you know, we found ourselves kind of beating each other up in the mm. Christian life because we didn't feel like we were making enough progress in the Christian life, and so the, you know, our view of Christianity the focus of our Christianity became all about the Christian instead of the Christ mm. and the Christian's progress in sanctification instead of the Christ. And really, you get away from, you know, it is finished. You, you just move away from that. That's our natural tendency. I did that for years. It really turns you into a phony because you start wearing masks. You know, when you, when you get into a environment where everyone thinks that the Christian life is all about sanctification and, and you know, this supposed progress and this movement away from weakness into some sort of strength. You start wearing masks. You have to, because you have to fool everybody around you because you're not strong. And quite frankly, they aren't either. But we start wearing masks to uh, kind of lie to each other, to kind of convince each other that we're something that we're not. And it really leads to a phoniness in the Christian life. And and after years of that, what happened to me is I just hit a wall. I just hit a wall of performance where I, I couldn't do it anymore. And, you know, the, um, the masks had to start coming off. And they came off, you know, all of a sudden for me. It was a pretty radical thing. I think, too, Kenny, that um, in, in performance-based Christianity, we, we lower our view of God's law. We, th we think God's law is something we can pull off. We think God's law is something because, well, I, I have been given this new heart, which I have. You know, I've been given this new life in Christ, which I have. We tend to kind of view it as, as Superman Christianity. Well, you've got this new heart. You ought to be able to overcome this or that, you know, whatever is kind of holding you back or not holding you back, but whatever's kind of weighing you down in a Christian life, you ought to be able to just fling that thing off and get on with it because you've got this new heart that you've been given, which is true. You do have this new heart. But the problem with that kind of thinking is that, you know, it, it, it elevates that new heart to a, a position of idolatry. And it says, you know, you've got this new heart, so let's idolize it, and let's become all about you. And so it, um, when you crash and burn, you realize that, that even your view of the new heart was an idol. And the Lord starts reworking all this stuff in your life, and it's, it's really painful. Mm. But it's, it's really good at the same time. Because he starts to show you that what he's doing, what he's been doing all along, is inviting you in to this love relationship with the Father. Inviting you in to enjoy the Father, because Jesus has finished the work on your behalf. And you don't have to do anything. 
I guess just as you're, li- I mean, just as you're talking, I'm just thinking through my own life, and I would have never articulated it with those words, but that's actually functionally how many of us probably end up functioning. We we end up thinking to ourselves, well, you know, at, at first I really need to depend on Jesus. Or we look at new believers and we almost say like, hey, it's okay for you to need Jesus that much because you're new in this thing. But me, I've been doing this a little while, so I'm I almost have this expectation upon myself that I can that I should be able to sin less you know, in my own strength, I should be stronger. I should be more mature at this point. But then I, then I get disappointed because I look at myself 20 years into my faith and I'm looking at someone who's two months into their faith. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't feel like I'm much stronger than that person. If I'm honest, I, I feel like I'm just as weak, but I, but I'm supposed to be stronger. So then I begin to pretend almost like I'm stronger. Well, I think you have one of two options. We either stop trying to pretend and stop trying to be strong and acknowledge our weakness and rejoice in our weakness insofar as it's in my weakness that God is God shows himself strongest. You know, I don't I don't necessarily enjoy being weak for the sake of being weak. I don't enjoy being broken, but when it comes to Christ in me, I'm going to do what Paul did. I'm going to rejoice in my weakness. I'm going to rejoice in my brokenness because that amplifies his goodness. That amplifies his affection for me. That makes the gospel real. You know, lost people in my life, Kenny, the people that I work with and the people that don't know Jesus all around me, my neighbors, they don't need it. They don't need to see a guy that's got it together. That's good. Because the guy that's got it together doesn't need Jesus. That's right. They need to see the guy that's broken. They need to see the guy that struggles. They need to see the guy that, in spite of those struggles, in spite of that brokenness, that Jesus is nuts about him. Mm. That's the message that they need that he must increase and I must decrease. That message hasn't changed. And, you know, when it, when, it, when it comes to the masks, you know, you're right. I took off layers and layers and layers of masks because I was, I was just being fake. Mm. I was being phony. And, in in, um, you know, Jesus started stripping those masks away, and he has a really creative way of doing that. <laughs> and um, they started coming off, and I realized that, hey, even in my even in my bareness, even without the mask, Jesus loves the real me, and I'm so thankful that Jesus knows and loves the real Mike. And that's my interview with Mike Adams, or at least the, the first part of the interview. Uh, we actually ended up having a conversation that day over Skype for over an hour. I recorded the entire thing, so I've actually broken that up into several parts. So this is the first part of Mike's incredible wisdom that we're going to share and I've got some plans to share some additional uh, parts of that conversation from Mike in future episodes. And actually, I'm already planning to have him back on. Man, it was some incredible wisdom that he shared. Just want to kind of highlight the thing he said at the very end that I think is really important for all of us to remember. And that is that Jesus knows and likes the real you. Like Mike said, like, I'm so thankful that Jesus knows and likes the real Mike. And, and I feel likewise, like, I'm so thankful that Jesus knows the real Kenny and he still loves me. Like he doesn't love a fake version of me. He doesn't love a, a future version of me. He doesn't love the great version I might become one day. No, no, no. The messy, sinful, broken version of me right now, he looks at that and says, I love that man. That's my kid. He belongs to me. Man, what a, what a great, great truth. So 
Mike Adams, I know you're listening to this. Thank you so much for taking some time out and sharing with our audience. I'm just incredibly honored. Uh, please make sure you connect with Mike. You can find him at Twitter, at Chief underscore Center. You can check out his blog, is ChiefCenter.org, or his podcast website, which is ChiefCenterPodcast.com. You can also go to our website, TheologyForTheRestOfUs.com, and you can see the show notes for uh, for this episode, all of Mike's contact information is there. Go follow Mike, listen to his podcast. He's got some incredible wisdom that will just incredibly encourage you. And so Mike, thanks again. Thank you for investing in me and in the audience. Thanks to all of our listeners. Thank you for for tuning in today, listening to this episode. If you're listening to this and you happen to have a question that you would like answered on the podcast, you have a topic that you'd like for me to address, feel free to shoot me an email. It's Hey Ortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. If you'd like to connect with me personally, the best way to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Quick heads up, I tweet a lot. And so I've always got, you know, several dozen tweets going out every day. I tweet out a lot of quotes, blogs, stats, articles, my hope is that my that my Twitter feed is a resource to you, um, but it's also a place where we can connect. I make a really big commitment to make sure I connect with every person who reaches out to me, so feel free to connect with me there on Twitter. Also, a quick reminder to everyone, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. If you like what you hear, head over to whatever app you're familiar with, hit that subscribe button. It guarantees that every episode gets delivered directly to your device. Our intro and outro theme music for this episode has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm a star!